Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, current events, local world news, and trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. This is Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me this evening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope so far everybody is having a good week. Everybody is having a safe week out there across Canada and around the world. Now, I came across this story here just a few moments ago. Just one moment, please. Sorry about that there, folks. I got my phone on in the background and it's going to start just beeping away. And it's been quiet for most of the night until now when I come on my show and it decides that it just wants to start blowing up. So we cannot have that. Should have just should have muted it before I even got upstairs. Now, there's one story before we get to the main topic here. Now, you know, with the uh, border closures between Canada and the United States, which has been extended, extended, sorry, until April 21st of the land border crossing. Only truck drivers and essential workers can go back and forth across the border. Now, I have mentioned this before on my show. And, you know, and with the United States and Canada, you know, come, trying to come up with ways on how you know, we can reunite people because we have people, families living on the other side of the border. And some of them, you know, they may be sick, um, elderly, and they would like to visit them. But you can't drive across the borders between Canada and the United States. Now, this Ontario woman, she pleads for quarantine exemption so she can visit her U.S. parents that are only 15 minutes away. Now, she lives in Fort Erie, Ontario, which borders the state of New York. Now, this she, she so she's been here for forty one years, right? She 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 she's a U, she's a U.S. citizen and has a permanent residence of Canada, 
and now has lived in Ontario for the past 41 years. She has an 89-year-old mother and a 92-year-old father that lives across the border in nearby Hamburg, New York. That's a 15-minute drive from her Fort Erie home. But like I said, with the then we, you know, with the borders being closed, but we have this restriction at the border, and the 14-day mandatory quarantine rules upon entering Canada means she cannot go over to help her parents. She says, We're not fighting to reopen the border. We are just fighting to be reunited with our families and loved ones. Now, she also says that the border community should be treated differently when it comes to quarantine rules because there are so many blended families, and that's true. And a lot of people can't quarantine because you have to work. How can herself or anybody take two weeks off every time they go over the border? I can't go over and come back and quarantine and I just can't, you know, go over every six months. My parents need help. So she has applied to the Public Health Agency of Canada for an ex ex uh, exemption to the quarantine rules and she has been denied three times. In a letter that she shared from the Public Health Agency of Canada, while we truly empathize with this challenging situation, under the mandatory isolation order, there are no exemptions for the quarantine requirements for the purpose of crossing the border to take care of family members. She says this issue is affecting blended families that border communities across the country and their voices are not being heard. Well, they've talked about this with border, with, with governments on, on both sides of the border, um, looking maybe at uh, compassionate. Now, potentially, you know, in, in the United States, I mean, I don't know how well your vaccines are, are rolling out, you know, here in Canada, it's pretty slow going, you know, we need to get the needles into more senior citizens. And like herself, I mean, she's going to be in her 70s. Her parents are in their 90s. So if we can get them vaccinated, then they should be able to visit and not have to worry about quarantine coming back. Now, she also said the issue is affecting blended families, of course, across the, of not being hurt. So according to the government's website, the only people who have been given exemption from the public health regulation or those who deliver essential goods, those who work in the trade 
or transportation sector, those who work in emergency services, and those who cross the border regularly for work in areas such as healthcare or critical infrastructure. Now, at the end of her <clears throat> story, her and her supporters are organizing a demonstration Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. near the Peace Bridge in Fort Erie to bring attention to the issue. See, this is what we don't need. I get it. I understand. I, I, I'm compassionate. I do. You know, but now you want to hold a demonstration? This COVID-19 is a community outbreak. I hope it's only like five people. Wear a mask, social distance. This is what we don't need. People hoarding in large groups to have a rally about something. You know, Saturday that just passed, there was hundreds and hundreds of people in Victoria Park, downtown London, Ontario, protesting the lockdowns, protesting wearing a mask, just protesting. Our numbers are not changing here, ladies and gentlemen, they're just not. Some parts of the province are opening up at different, you know, color, color regions, color codes, you know, from, from green to um, yellow to orange to red to the gray lockdown. And we can be easily moved back you know, if you're in the orange, like we are here in the city of London, we could be moved into the red. That means only now only 10 people could be in a bar and restaurant. These, you know, these COVID-related variants that we're seeing across the country and here in the province of Ontario, and with our numbers today and in the past few weeks, more than half is the new variant B117, the United Kingdom variant. Where are the most cases coming from? Toronto, Mississauga, in the Peel region, which surrounds Toronto, and then falling out the rest of, of uh, Southern Ontario. Holding a demonstration is a really bad idea. It just really is. Write to your, your, your government. Take it to the mayor. The mayor will take it to the premier. And so on and so forth. She's just channeling one place. She needs to channel all levels of government is what she needs to do.
Now, we could be facing a third lockdown here in Ontario, which will be more hurtful than the first two lockdowns. Now, Toronto and the Peel region and Mississauga, they've been in lockdown since November the 23rd. So that's December, January, February, March. Four months that region has been in lockdown. Other regions have been able to open. We are seeing outbreaks in our schools. We are seeing outbreaks in the community and other businesses. Now, but since we've been starting to reopening here in other parts of Ontario, except for the places that I mentioned that are in lockdown, cases not coming, the cases are not coming from non-essential businesses, which is open back up. It's not coming from bars and restaurants that I know of or heard of. They're not, they don't specifically say, oh, there was an, uh, uh, an outbreak at a certain, a certain restaurant or a bar. And if there has been one, well, then they have to address it. Now, the other dilemma that we are having, or, you know, the people here in Ontario having, and specifically our farmers. Now, at this particular area in Ontario, it's the Norfolk County, and that's like Simcoe areas. Um, the farmers were rallying against restrictions by the local medical officer of health. Like each region has their medical officer. Norfolk has their own medical officer. So, so they were they had they had a rally. you know, the re for the restrictions that the medical officer is imposing on that region. Now they did this in their tractors, which was pretty cool driving down their rural routes in their tractors, in their tractors. This is their, this is their, their rally. Now in around Simcoe, Ontario, a farmer's rally in Norfolk County saw some 200 tractors make their way through Simcoe, Ontario Tuesday morning just past, so just a couple days ago. There is trouble in Ontario, Ontario's garden, says this farmer, the organizer, the organizer of the rally. The farmers are protesting COVID-19 protocols put in place by the Hallman Norfolk Medical Officer of Health. 
they're also, also asking the government to help subsuade and supersuade the order. Why do rules in Norfolk County have to be so much different and stringent than any of the provincial and federal rules that any other health units are abiding by? The health unit and farmers in the county have been in a year-long battle over quarantine rules for temporary foreign workers. The migrant workers. A year ago, their, their medical officer put an order in place requiring that the temporary foreign workers to quarantine for two weeks upon arrival and ordered a maximum of three workers per bunkhouse, despite the building square footage. The other workers have to quarantine in a hotel rooms paid by the farmers. Now, yes, we've been in this pandemic for a whole year. Yes, we've been through two lockdowns, potentially a third one coming. And now what I'm talking about with this, this crop that, you know, mid April, you know, is going to have to be harvest and they have no workers. And this quarantine rule from a year ago still stands today. That they quarantine for two weeks upon arrival and order in a maximum of three workers per bunkhouse despite the building square footage. In 2021, should a worker test positive, every worker is required to isolate one to a bunkhouse. Where would see then others would have to go to a hotel and the farmers would have to pay for that. Our job is not to, uh, to be popular or win endorsements of people, says this farmer. We are required to act in, in, in the public health, and I'm sorry, this doctor, we are required to act in the best uh, public's health interest. And on March 14th, this doctor added another restriction regarding workers' transportation from Pierce International Airport in Toronto, Ontario. On March the 14th, the health officer added another restriction regarding workers' transportation from the airport. The new order says farmers can only pick up their workers in cohorts instead of a large group on a bus. Meaning that they're going to have to make several trips. So this means a maximum of three workers per vehicle and can require farmers to make multiple trips to Toronto 
to get their stats. Our farm has eight, our farm has 18 workers arriving April 1st, says this farmer. This is going to require me to make five trips to the airport to get them to the farm. Workers from Oxford County, Elgin and Brant counties can all come on the same bus to their farms, but not the ones in, in Simcoe. Other farms near Watford, Ontario had 24 workers arriving at the airport today. So this was just written a couple days ago. We feel we can bring our guys safely from the airport on the bus, space them apart and follow the protocols they do for school children and everywhere else. But to get these people here too, I mean, look what happened last year for an example. You know, starting in the springtime, we start to lift restrictions. We had to migrate workers coming back. We had a huge outbreak on the farms. Some of the migrant workers passed away. They died from COVID-19. We don't want to see a repeat of this. We got to get them vaccinated. They should be vaccinated before they even come here. At least two to three weeks before they come here and that they're, then they're tested again before they get on the airplane to fly to Canada. And they're tested again at the airport. And then a few days later, tested again. The doctor says that the health unit is working in the best interest of the entire county. He says that, uh, there are approximately 4,000 seasonal agricultural workers in the, in the Hamilton and Norfolk counties every year. Last year at this farm in Vito, Ontario, an outbreak affected 200 migrant workers and an additional 20 people and an additional 20 people off the farm. See, ladies and gentlemen, we didn't have vaccines. That was a huge risk to bring the migrant workers over here. Not even knowing when we we're going to even have a vaccine. So there's no way of testing. Well, there was testing, but they didn't do enough of it. And it doesn't matter if they got, you know, if they got tested within the 14 day period of uh, incubation of this virus, then the test was, was wasted. So when they finally got here days later, they test positive. To date, 10 workers have tested positive and approximately 120 workers have been identified as close contacts. It all could have been preventable. Setting a small health unit of 100 people, doctor says an outbreak could have a major effects on the county. 
Yes, it could. Those include taking staff away from the vaccination program to deal with the outbreaks and also could push the country into further COVID-19 restrictions from the province. He wrote to the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau asking for help. One of the major requests was asking for the, um, the workers to be vaccinated upon arrival to the country. No, before they arrive. Tested before to make sure they do not have COVID-19 and then get their vaccination. They need to be vaccinated. They need to be tested before they even get here. We've asked for help from federal government and we have not received it. So we are doing what we can to keep people say safe, says this medical officer. Now the mayor, she attended the rally Late Monday night, the Norfolk Board of Health held a special meeting. They passed a motion to request a private meeting with Ontario Minister of Health and our doctor, the province's chief medical officer. None of the orders since the start of the pandemic have been in consultation with members of the Board of Health or myself, says this individual. They are exclusively doctors' orders. This is the medical officers, doctors' orders. And it's frustrating when decisions that affect the entire community are made within a, a, a silo with no consolation and no ability from us to weigh in on these decisions. And at the end of the day, it's the politicians who are accountable to the public. And yet the politicians have not had said had, had had no say as to how this has unfolded in Norfolk. So this doctor, this medical officer, is just making the decisions himself. Period. What he says goes. And the Ontario Federation of Agriculture says the rally Tuesday has received big support from the public. I support farmers. You got to support your local farmers. Doesn't matter what that farmer is doing, what crops they are growing, we got to support them. There's got to be a better way. We've had a year from, from you know, from going over the summer to the fall to the winter. And now we're here back in the springtime and um, we need the migrant workers. And the way they want to have them quarantined, the way they want to have them transported, you know, um, it's difficult. It's going to be really difficult. We need these farmers to be in the field harvesting as early as May. This is a director of the Ontario Farming Association. 
There are crops in the ground now, particularly asparagus, and that needs to be harvested soon. We're talking like the middle of April. The farmers drove their tractors from outside of Simcoe to the Norfolk Fairgrounds where organizers spoke to the, to the fellow farmers. They hope this rally catches the attention of Premier, Premier Doug Ford. These rules are a nightmare for farmers. A small family farm cannot do this. We need government help. We need to get these migrant workers tested before they leave. We need to get these migrant workers vaccinated before they leave to come to Canada. They need to be tested again, and they'll need to be tested on a regular basis. Now, only having three to a bunkhouse, regardless of the size of the bunkhouse, then others would have to stay at a motel. The farmer were gonna have to transport them in separate vehicles because they all can't just go on one vehicle. So they're gonna have to take two at a time, make this trip in the morning time, make this trip back at night time. It's gonna be a very difficult task. The rollout of these vaccines are slow. Our hands are tied. The program is in the hands of the government and the medical officers in each region on how, where, and who is going to be vaccinated next. Maybe with the potentially coming as another slowdown of the vaccines, and that's all going to be, ten, uh, pre, uh, you know, it's going to be up to the EU. Our vaccines come from Europe. They want to vaccinate everybody they can possibly can in, in, in Europe. I get that. And of course, every country wants that, right? Canada could potentially see another shortage. We're not on the list of potential countries that could be shorted, but that doesn't mean anything. We saw what happened when we all Boo, we all perked up and thought, oh man, the vaccines are coming. We're going to get this much vaccines and everything else. And Pfizer had an upgraded facility in Europe. Vaccines almost dried up here across Canada. And now getting all these vaccines, if you listen to my episodes a few days ago, the vaccines rolling out, could we potentially see another slowdown? 
Our case numbers are not good. They're climbing. It was almost another 1600 today. We can't keep going like this. We cannot shutter the doors of small business non-essential services. We can't. But I don't have the say in that. I'm not the government. With the infection rates increasing, it's not just, you know, like it's in, in our schools. It's it's everywhere. It's a community spread virus, and that's what it is. The only way we're going to get out of this, ladies and gentlemen, is to get as many needles in the arms as we possibly can. How long this is going to take, I have no idea. The rate where we're going here in Canada. Now, there might be uh, a misunderstanding, you know, you know, our prime minister of Canada says everybody in Canada, you know, will be vaccinated by September. I read that by September, you know, everybody will be eligible for the vaccine. So as we're working our way down from, from our age groups, you know, people 90 and over, 80 and over, 70 and older, 60 and older, as we're working our way through this, by September, then everybody else will just go get a, a needle. We're not going to be all vaccinated here in Canada by September. Full time Christmas time, maybe. Twelve months from now. Now, I briefly read this article, and it's something like seventy-two. No, I'm sorry, seventy-eight percent of Canadians said they would get vaccinated. 78%. Now, assuming that it's, you know, in the, in, in the younger generations, you know, 15, 16 year olds and up, we get all vaccinated. So let's say 32 million Canadians get vaccinated. We have 37 million, so 32 million Canadians get vaccinated. Is it going to take another year to do that? It could. At the rate we're going. Not everybody's going to get the, the uh, Moderna or the Pfizer where it requires two shots. Could be a lot, millions and millions of people going to get the Johnson & Johnson one shot. Because, you know, people who get the Moderna or the Pfizer, 
and they're, 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 they're spreading it out. So after you get your shot, you got to wait four months and then we have to go back and repeat it all the way back through the beginning of those age groups. Well, hopefully not in the 80s or the 90s and above in the 80s and above. I hope they got their, I hope they're getting their shots in the timeline that it should have been done in the first place in the 21 to 30 days. But get them all done. Just get them done. If the younger population is gonna wait for their second shot, fine, so be it. We don't want to be talking about a third wave. We don't want to be talking about a third a third lockdown. None of us want that to happen. None of us. But it potentially could happen. And we're going to see within the next couple of weeks of what the government's going to decide. If our numbers keep ticking up the way they're going, by April, we could be in another lockdown. And they may just do it just before Easter. They could potentially do it just before Easter. So people aren't gathering in large groups. And that's the other thing that we cannot do. We cannot have family gatherings for Easter. We can't do it. Just like we couldn't for Christmas time, but people, you know, people did it anyways. You know, you can, you can talk to your blue in the face. You can talk to your blue in the face about the anti-maskers and the anti-ralliers and all that crap. You can talk to yourself to your blue in the face and they're gonna do it. It's a community spread virus, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. You're going to hold family gatherings for Easter. Well, you're going to invite COVID right into your house. And COVID is going to sit right down on the sofa beside you. And the COVID is going to join you at the dinner table. That's what's going to happen. I'll leave you that thought, you know, if that's what you want to do. If you want to invite COVID into your house, well, that's your business. But then you make it everybody else's business when we have a large community outbreak and we're already looking at a third wave, we're in a third wave and we're going to go into lockdown again. So you think about that. So leave it with you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. And I will be back out tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. I know I'm going to struggle. I know I'm going to be struggling. I'm going to be tired. But I'm going to do it. At 9 p.m. tomorrow, Friday, here on the Truckers Podcast. We'll talk a little bit about speeding. 
on our roadways tomorrow. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for joining me here on the Truckers Podcast. Let's just talk. I was just out here talking about um, uh, the restrictions that we have, that we uh, that the farmers here in Ontario and, and in the Simcoe area of the migrant workers. Um, that the doctor that helped that a medical officer of that region is making all of these restrictions himself and not talking to the Ontario government, not talking to the federal government and not talking to the farmers. Now, some of the restrictions that they are facing is that the farmers are only going to allow to have three individuals in a bunkhouse, regardless of the space. Then they'll have to house them in a, in a hotel at the farmer's expense, and they'll have to transport them to and from the farm on a daily basis, but only two per vehicle. Just like when they arrive here in Canada, the farmer cannot go pick them up in one bus load and bring them back. Now the farmer is going to have to make multiple trips to the airport, which by the way is a couple of hours away to bring them back. And you know, from last year after, you know, we were starting to come out of the lockdown from, from last year, um, getting uh, the migrant workers here. Um, just in, in that region, in, in the in the Simcoe region, um, over 200 cases of COVID-19 from the migrant workers. That's just in that region. Then we had down in the Windsor region as well with, with, a, with a large outbreak. Migrant workers died from COVID-19. We've had a whole year in and out of lockdowns, full well knowing that, you know, this particular harvest coming up in middle of April is asparagus. These farmers have to get this off the field and how are they going to do this? A whole year to be thinking about how this is going to work this year. And not just starting here in April, but now for the rest of the plantation season and harvest season. Vaccines are rolling out. Here across Ontario, matter of fact, across on, on, on Canada, it's slow. It's really slow. It's really slow going. Now we want to make it safe. We want to make it safe for everybody. We want to make it safe for these migrant workers that come here and work for these farmers. See, our travel restrictions right now coming in by airplane, 
before you leave your destination coming back to Canada, you have to have a COVID-19 test done. You have to test negative 72 hours prior to your flight. You have to have the legal documentation that you had the test done and you're negative. And then when you enter Canada, you have to have another test done, which you have to pay for. And then you have to quarantine in a hotel for three days while you wait for your results to come back negative. And then you can go home and quarantine for the remainder of your time. So we need to get these migrant workers tested. We need to get them vaccinated before they come here. And then they get tested again when they get here. And we keep testing them throughout the season. This health officer of this of, of, of uh, the Simcoe area is making all these decisions, making all these rules without even consulting the the Ontario Premier. It's his way or the highway. And yet, we got to get these crops off the fields. Yes, farmers have insurance. But it doesn't pay for the entire loss of the crops. You don't get a hundred percent. So our farmers need help. But nobody around here wants to work on a farm. That's why we have migrant workers. Nobody wants to go to work on a farm. They want to get their hands dirty. You know, they want to wear that suit and tie for their first job. It's not just farmers who are struggling. It's everybody struggling financially, mentally. We have COVID fatigue is what we have. Talking about being in a third wave and even potentially facing another lockdown here in Ontario, Canada. In the past month, we slowly started open different regions. The city of Toronto, Mississauga, Brampton, which is the Peel region, which surrounds the city of Toronto, have been in lockdown since November the 23rd. They've been in lockdown for four months. 
only essential services, non-essential, they can't open. Here in the city of London where I reside, we've now just been able to allow more people into bars and restaurants. But our numbers are ticking up here in the city as they are right across the province. And it's not looking good. Vaccines are going into the arms. At the beginning, it looked like we're gonna have a really good start to be getting vaccinated and then only to have it just about dry up on us because Pfizer had it upgraded, had to upgrade a facility in Europe. This week and weeks coming, the vaccines are going to be rolling in, but now the EU is saying that there might be another stoppage because they're running short on vaccines to vaccinate people in Europe. And Canada is not on that cancellation list, but it doesn't rule us out of being denied vaccines again. That's something that we don't need. It's something that nobody needs. I get it. We got to get vaccinated. We got to get the world vaccinated. We got to get out of this mess. And only way out of this is we need to vaccinate our way out of it. It's the only way out. Having these migrant workers here, we don't want them to come here and be sick. Like last spring. We don't want to see that again. They don't want to see that again. Some died. And they're just coming here to earn some money to send back home so they help their families. So we rely on migrant workers. Because God forbid anybody who wants to work on a farm, they don't want to work on a farm. And when I was a teenager, 15, 16, 17, you know, I don't know if you've heard of this sort of thing before, but it's called corn detasseling. You take the tassels off the top of the, of the corn stalks and you walk up row and row up and down the rows of the corn fields. That was my summer job. I don't even think anybody does that anymore around here. I think they have to have migrant workers to do it. It's the only way the crops get off the field. It's the only way the, 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 the plantation goes is with migrant workers. And this one health official in this area is, 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 is the rule of the roost. He's calling the shots and he's not talking to anybody else. 
and the farmers are frustrated and the farmers are fed up. He's not even looking at different ways of even helping to get them here and looking at other stringent plans that could potentially work. A sign on the front of the tractor, Ontario's garden needs help. And these farmers, you know, has gotten a lot of support from the general public. It's like any business. They all need help right now. You know, the, 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 the financial help is going to run out at some point in time. We've already left, we already lost in the last year or in this whole year, we've lost over 10,000 businesses. because they just couldn't hold on. These lockdowns, that just wiped them out. They're talking about a third lockdown. Our premier was talking about that the other day. And he said that would just would not be good. And he's pleading, he's pleading in a way, he's pleading with all of us. You don't want another lockdown. As regions try to open up and open up in different zones and, and, and doing different things in different areas. And somehow, you know, even over the winter months, like they said, it was going to be a long, dark winter. It was going to be a tough winter. And it was, and, and they were right. Like I said, the Toronto area, they went into the lockdown on November the 23rd. The rest of us went into lockdown the day after Christmas. They're still in lockdown and parts of Southern Ontario are opening up like the region that I live in. But we've had problems. We've had problems the last couple of weeks. We've had parties of university students off campus, holding off campus parties. We have, an, we have a community outbreak. It started with 21. Five days later, it jumps to 45 and so on. Now, St. Patty's Day was just on March the 17th. So we're only looking at a week. So maybe another week, we could potentially see if anything's gonna come out of that. Hopefully not. We have Easter coming up. 
you know, could the government lock us down again just before Easter? And if they are, they're going to be doing it soon. But do they have to do a lockdown? Can they just, you know, turn around and, and roll back regions and the color codes that you're in to limit the people in your home only to immediate family members in that home and leave it that way. But you know what happens? Same thing, same thing happened at Christmas time. People just had people over anyways. And then, like I said, you just invite, you invite COVID into your home. He just comes wandering in behind everybody else. COVID sits down on the sofa beside whoever. COVID joins you at the dinner table, might be sitting beside grandma, might be sitting beside your sister, your mom and dad. Who knows where he's gonna sit at the table. And then you all gather back into the living room and COVID joins you back in the living room. Maybe, maybe you have to stand up by the door frame or maybe he gets to sit on a chair, who knows. But we can't allow that to happen. We can't invite COVID into our homes. We have to be even still more stringent on what we do in our everyday lives. Even with the vaccines rolling out and these new variants that are spreading, and oh, by the way, with the case counts today, around a little over 1,500, half of them is the variant B117, the United Kingdom variant. 750 cases are the new variants. And where are those most cases coming from? Toronto, Mississauga, Brampton. It's funny how I say that because they're in lockdown. But somehow they seem to be carrying half of the outbreaks. Why is that? I can't explain it. I wish I could, but I can't. Our whole lives have been disrupted everywhere. And it can't, and it just can't continue. It can't. And the only way we can stop this is through vaccination and following the rules. I mean, children follow the rules better than adults do. So why don't we just start following the rules like children do? And we'll all be better off. So I'll leave this with you. And I, like I said, I will be out here um, tomorrow evening. And um, 
I'm going to come out around 9 p.m. I know I was going to do that last night. I struggled. Man, I struggled. And But, you know, it's the weekend. So um, I get done work. You know, I'm going to come home and I'm just going to do things just, you know, around the house to stay busy and not just get focused on one thing. And then, um, yeah, come out here um, for uh, 9 p.m. And there was this little thing on um, speeding on our roadways, which a lot of people have been doing more often, uh, which is just getting ridiculous. And there would be a couple other little... Uh, topics as well so but you know we'll start with that with that topic about speeding on our area roads and highways this is the truckers podcast i'm your host doug from london ontario canada Thank you for joining me this evening. Take care, be safe, and join me tomorrow night at 9 p.m. And thank you.